Jason, this episode, like all of the ones before and hopefully all of the ones yet to come, is brought to the people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! They are our friends and our partners, and there's a reason we like to call them friends. They're just good people. Good human beans. They are. They are good eggs. So we badgered you guys all through late November into December about coming over to Budget Blinds and giving a little bit of your time, maybe a little bit of your treasure to help the causes that they take on over and over again to support things that are going on in our community. And you guys came through. Last month, we had Santa come visit Budget Blinds, collected huge, giant stockings full of gift cards and cash and toys and clothes and various other things for the store, at least some at Social Services. And then... Last week, Lee Summit Social Services received a check from Budget Blinds through some other things that Budget Blinds does to help them out, a check for $385. So from Jason and Nick at Lee Summit Town Hall, a good on you to Budget Blinds of Lee Summit and to all of the rest of you, go visit them right in the heart of downtown. Tell them Jason and Nick sent you. Eyeball on top of the Illuminati pyramid, the power behind the throne, a man who, if swallowed snarky comebacks, had calories, would weigh at least 600 pounds, is Steve Arbo, the city manager for this very fine city of Lee Summit. Steve, how are you today? Oh, you know, I'm just having um, one of those wonderful afternoons where knowing that I get to spend some time with you. I want to say lovely gentlemen, but lovely probably isn't quite right. You two, no, I, that's so. way too high a bar yes. for us. But <laughs> you, 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 kind people, yes, it's great. <laughs> Flattery will get you everywhere, I'm Steve. Working on it. Okay, Steve. So we are a government nerd podcast. This is what we do. We talk about things. We we have talked at great length, and I know you've heard bits and pieces over time um, about the functioning of what the council does and how that. So we're going to ask the simple question: Is what does a city manager do, Steve? Uh, well, it is a great balance. If you're if you're governmental nerds, <clears throat> I like to talk about the political administration dichotomy. Okay, that sounds good. And um, and you, I think in local government, it is really um, best if you have a balance where uh, you have uh, processes and systems and uh, things in place where you are uh, creating efficiencies of government, but then you also want to balance that with what we call political responsiveness uh, so that you're not locked into efficiencies and systems in such a way that you're not uh, accommodating the political needs and the voice of the community as a whole. So what we have in the city of Lee Summit is called a council manager form of government and um, the uh, city the city voters in 1996 adopted a charter uh, that formalized this form of government and it allows um, for councils and, and a mayor uh, to serve as our board of directors and then they uh, assign their direction and their vision uh, to the city manager and the city manager's organization uh, to carry out that vision and direction. So. Usually when people say, uh, what does the city manager do after I introduce myself? I say, you know, uh, school superintendent and how that person's responsible for running the school and uh, the board, uh, school board is responsible for uh, being in charge of school superintendent. It's kind of the same thing for me. 
I'm going to say, boil it down to this. If the city's a circus, you're the ringleader. Well, if I'm the ringleader, then what does that make the mayor and the council? <laughs> um, Representatives of the audience. Oh, I'm going to okay. yeah. say they <laughs> are the uh, the guys behind the curtain. No, I, I like that. The representatives of the audience. And then the ringleader would be trying to um, uh, pr provide a show uh, that best meets the expectations of the audience that is represented by the council. Well, and sometimes over the last few years, well, it's been quite a show. So I guess commendations to you if we're, you get all the credit. No, for, I don't get that. all the credit, please. <laughs> I, I was thinking of it when you were describing about the balance. It's mm -hmm. like you're the person like standing in the middle of the, no. the seesaw trying to help make sure that the balance between those things is, is no, correct. No, I would be on one of the side. I'd be on the spectrum creating the tension uh, with, the, with the politics as far as uh, I would be saying things like, Let's just do this one system, and let's do it throughout the entire city. And my gosh, that would be really efficient. And then someone would be saying, yeah, but we have this certain group of interests that they aren't as well served by that. Couldn't we do a little something different for them? And then we try to balance out how that works. I got it. All right. Well, that's a good introduction, I think. A decent explanation mm -hmm. of what all you do without going really, really, really deep into the weeds. And, and I'm going to say, it sounds really hard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I don't want to work that hard, Steve. So I don't want your job. Oh, it's great. I, I'm, I'm doing my work because I like it. So. Um, well, that should be a goal yeah. for 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 all of us. Now let's get into the fun stuff. So on Wednesday's episode, all we talked about was planning. There's just a whole lot of planning going on mm -hmm. around here. Right. Yes. We've been talking about development plans, comprehensive plans, master plans, and strategic planning. You're here because we want to talk a little bit about that strategic planning part, mm -hmm. but can you give just for everyone listening a little bit of clarity onto what strategic planning is? Well, actually, I, yes, I will. And I think uh, we started in a good spot when, when I kind of talked about how uh, in the administration world, uh, we just want to do things efficiently and use the resources in the best way possible, but then you also have to balance this political side. And um, things get much easier when there's a shared vision um, between uh, the administrative group and the elected body uh, on the vision of, of the community. And what we're doing really is to minimize um, that tension and that friction so that all of our resources are kind of heading in the same direction. So the strategic plan is a way uh, that both uh, the staff and the elected body um, kind of put a pause on things and we say, you know, let's take time to go out and uh, ask people uh, what it is that they would like to see Lee Summit become. Um, in the next uh, 20 to 30 or 40 years. You know, uh, if we evaporated and then we reappeared 30 years from now, uh, what would make us feel good about being in this community? And when you start conversations like that, you find out that we really have a lot, all really have a lot in common. And then when you have commonality, then you start backing it down to, well, what are the incremental decisions that we ought to be making today that can help us get towards that direction. So the strategic plan is an opportunity for us to all come to an agreement of the vision, the long-term vision of the community. And then with that understanding, we begin building um, stepping stones that we all 
um, pretty much support in heading in that direction. When was the last time we did one? Oh, uh, the last time we did one was in uh, 2009, and uh, we kind of, I'll just say, kind of wrapped it up around um, 2016, uh, 2017. We and by wrap up, you mean we we accomplished the things that we talked about there, or do you mean we wrapped up that planning process? Uh, we wrapped up the planning process. Um, I took a look at uh, that 2009 uh, strategic plan. It was called Lee Summit 360 Degrees Charting Tomorrow. And um, the report that was given to the city council um, to to kind of officially say uh, we have completed uh, as much work as we are going to get done. Well, there was about a hundred uh, specific action steps and uh, we accomplished 90 of those. And some, some people may say, well, gee, on a grade, 90 out of a hundred, that's barely an A. But when you are, um, I, I honestly, I'd say, wow, you got an A. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> most people would say, wow, you got an A. Um, but, uh, out of the out of the 100 action steps that were identified, and there were 19 goals uh, that had 100 action steps, we got over 90 uh, of them completed. And to be fair, some of these goals they'll never end. I mean, you know, they're they're goals that are good to continue to pursue. Give us an example of what one of those might be. Um, well, um, for example, here is a Human Relations Commission established strategies and action steps that support a diverse community. So we will never, I don't think, we'll ever going to be able to say, boom, we have done everything possible to support a diverse community in the city of Lee Summit. I think we will have to continue to work on that uh, as we move along. So um, another one might be provide the citizens of Lee Summit a safe and cost-effective uh, regional mass transit system that connects people to work, education, institutions, and medical institutions, and other transit routes to Kansas City. That probably, I'm, I don't think that we're ever going to be able to look at each other and say, we've got that accomplished. You know, there will always be new challenges, uh, change in where people live, how they work. So those are some things that we're going to say we can make uh, progress towards, but they're so large, we need to continue to have them in our vision. Well, you said that, that that started in 2009 and kind of wrapped up in 2016. It's now three years later. What what told you, and I guess what maybe told, if you can speak for the council a little bit here, if you're allowed, what told you and what told the council and the mayor it was time for an update? Um, well, I'll just say I'm, I, I should not, nor will I attempt to speak on behalf of the mayor or the council, but I can just talk about my perspective as a city manager. Uh, but when we, when we finished that work, um, we understood, we being, I'll just say the staff, we understood how helpful that was for us to support um, the elected body's goals uh, because um, if they could, if they could support the strategic plan and embrace it, uh, then uh, we could continue working on what we felt was uh, the community's vision. And um, yes, there is a two to th three year lag there. Part of it was knowing that uh, we had term limitations and uh, we were going to have a change in leadership of mayor, and we also were going to have um, some key positions. Uh, on the council that would be opening up. And so we thought to ourselves, and what we tried to do was uh, time it that uh, staff would do all the legwork as far as getting the scope of work, the, sco uh, the scope of work and getting out and, and getting the best consultant 
that we could find, negotiate the terms of uh, their work so that right after the April election, we were able to present uh, this concept of the strategic plan and tell them, by the way, the last six months we've been, you know, working on making sure we have the best qualified uh, consultant in scope to move forward. All right. Well, that leads us actually, I think, into the uh, into the strategic planning process. This has been something that has been, I know, uh, last week um, at council, uh, the consultant or one of the consultant representatives was mm-hmm. there to talk about their uh, what they were doing and, and some of this project. So why don't we talk a little bit about where we are and maybe some of the next steps mm-hmm. coming forward? So um, we had we had the election in April. Uh, we have a new mayor, Mayor Baird, and we also have a few more, uh, a couple of new council members, plus a returning council member of uh, Councilmember Johnson. And so we've got this new group of people. Um, it takes some time, honestly, and it should, to, for people just to get acclimated, to understand our processes, how to how meetings work and what committees do. So uh, once we felt that they, the dust kind of settled on them um, getting acclimated uh, into City Hall, uh, then we brought forward uh, this concept of the strategic plan. It was assigned, I think, to the Finance Committee, and they had an opportunity to look at it, and then it was recommended up to the City Council. Um, and uh, I really appreciate this council um, they wanted to take time to talk to the consultant, and they were very focused on um, how were they going, how were we going to do community engagement, and were we really going to get people um, with voice that we don't typically hear to be a part of the process, and so that took a while. It took uh, it took a couple of months to get through that dialogue, <clears throat> but where we are now is um, the council approved the contract. Uh, the consultant has been here, uh, has met with the mayor and the council and the management team and made a presentation um, at a recent council meeting on the process that we're going to engage in. And um, the city council is anxious and there's, they're telling us, move ahead, let's go. All right. Well, then, so you were kind enough to bring in a, um, a two-sheeter here with um, some of the steps and the activities that mm-hmm. are going on. So we've we've talked about, I think, the, what, what would be on this page, the activity one, yes. project kickoff and management. So now let's get to the one that I think Nick and I are the most excited about in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and the biggest reason we had you on today, other than I think it's important for the Government Nerd Podcast to have, like, chief government nerd in here with us. So. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're almost at our two-year anniversary, and this is the first time we've had you on. Well, we're throwing um, some shade. We'll guilt. Well, yeah. I, this is the first time I've been asked. Ouch! Ouch! I'm not sure if that's true. But I'm, gonna, I'm cutting the bookers. Pay. It may have been. It may have been the. It may have been the first begging ask. That's true. Well, and it may have been the first ask where they're like, "No, we're not. No, that first time. It might have been the first reasonable ask. Uh, that, let's let's, let's that, put it that way. All right. So this is the community engagement piece, and I think that this is an important piece to talk mm-hmm. about. So let's let me let let me ask. Um, I think a key question, and so. This seems to be, this process seems to be a little bit different mm-hmm. in structure than what we had with Lee Summit 360. And, and having lived in Lee, I moved to Lee Summit a little bit before the 360 plan oh. came on. Okay. Um, and I remember it as one of the first sort of big, sprawling community engagement things mm-hmm. here that I was ever even tangentially involved with with the city. It was a huge piece. I mean, there were committee on committee mm-hmm. on committee on committee and i don't mm-hmm. think it doesn't strike me that there's as much of that this time so what what was some of the thinking behind the differences mm-hmm. here 
Well, we've come to the realization that um, the way that we uh, worked, the way society was in 2009 is not the way that it is in 2019. And um, we, if for us to get community engagement, we need to do something different. Um, <clears throat> that was a great experience, and it was a time when you could basically um, – <laughs> Uh, put something in a newspaper or put a uh, put a, a sign up in downtown saying come to our community um, you know strategic planning process every Thursday at 7 p.m. you know in the high school gymnasium or something like that and it was amazing our first few meetings uh, I think we had well over 100 maybe 150 just people that showed up and I was like wow this is such a great community where these people just show up to this well today um, people are much busier uh, and the other thing that happens when you have traditional forms of community engagement where you just say we're going to have these evening meetings and would you please come you really are limiting your uh, audience to uh, either those that um, maybe don't have kids in the house and and aren't their life isn't as busy as it used to be, um, but you really are limiting um, the. Or, uh, let's say that someone has to have two jobs to to cover their to cover their bills. Well, it's going to be hard for them if they're if they have a full time job and an evening job for them to participate in it. So there's all kinds of um, people that that kind of process is not really allowing them to participate in. So, what we're doing is a combination. We're still doing some of that traditional. Uh, meeting focus group sessions but we're also going to do online engagement and then what i like to call guerrilla warfare um community involvement where we're just going to show up like at the hy-vee grocery store in at uh, 7 30 in the morning and i know there's a group of um, uh, gentlemen that like to be there every day and we're going to just sit down and start talking to them about the city and asking them what they think about it. Well, I think that's a good way for you to get out. I, I, I would imagine a lot of this is so that you can get beyond what I call the usual suspects of involved people. I mean, every community that I've ever worked in and been around, you've got 20 to 35 people that they're on every committee. They're there. Mm -hmm. But this is a way that you can get you can get past that and hear some different voices. That's right. Uh, first of all, I'm going to say, and I use the term no. "usual suspects" too, and we are very grateful for the usual suspects because the usual suspects are usually the working uh, the the working volunteers too. They're the ones that will spend the evening, uh, like Jason, you know, on a on a planning commission and things like that. So we're very grateful for that. But uh, we are we can be lulled into thinking that the usual suspects um, represent the community's interest. And um, what we like to do, and I, I've used this term before, um, uh, Nick, is uh, I, like to, I like to find some of those that are not the usual suspects. Yeah, I'd like to find the working moms that don't have time you know, to be engaged and stuff. And that's part of why we went with this uh, consultant because what was uh, when we looked at we looked at two or three different consultants and one of the things that put uh, Novak Consulting Group ahead of the rest is because um, they seem to have understood when we looked at other communities that have used them they seem to have uh, been able to get uh, into the parts of the community that normally don't take time or even um, know that they have a, pl a, pl a public voice you know to be heard. Um, and one of those is like uh, the online engagement, bang the table. They have a, a, something called bang the table. Well, this is going to be uh, where there'll be an issue there, like um, 
where do you think we should spend more money in police protection, fire protection, or street maintenance? We may just put that question out there. And, and then we're going to get all these opinions, but they can be done where someone can uh, do it at 2 a.m. in the morning, you know, if they come home from work. And they're not that's, ready to go to sleep. Honestly, that's when I make my best decisions about public policy. Yeah, but you're usually not coming home from work at 2 a.m. No, that's probably, I think we would call that stumbling home from somewhere else. <laughs> well, I think that's a, you, you just threw out a question, and that, that kind of leads me to, to one of my things. When, when you're looking at this, you've already said it, it's, it's a big picture vision that we're talking about. But what are some of the things that we look at when we're doing a, a strategic planning process like this? Or, or it's, it's more than just development. It is. <clears throat> and um, I've been with the, I've been fortunate to be with the city for a while. I don't know if the city's been fortunate to have me, but I've been here since 2001. And uh, with that, I got um, a bit of the tail end of the very first strategic planning uh, process. And um, I worked with them on the second one, which was 2009, and this will be the third. I can tell you what has occurred um, with the with the first two. The very first one that they they did was, which I think was called uh, 21st Century. I apologize, I don't have the correct title, but basically that was really focused on brick and mortar issues. Um, we had a transportation system that was lacking. We needed a new police station. Uh, we needed a new city hall. Um, we had um, water supply issues, and so we had a lot of the uh, infrastructure uh, needs for of a growth community, and. In some ways, I know that was challenging, but I'm going to say in some ways it was easy to identify because there were physical needs that the city had. When we went into the 2009, there's still some uh, infrastructure needs that we talked about. But if you read that report, it starts going into more of um, community social conversations of how we treat each other, how we continue to be a welcoming community, how do we accept um, change that might be occurring. Um, and things that, oh, and how we take care of people of need uh, in the community, such as the um, social services groups. What does that say to you ab about the community's growth? Well, I like to think, um, so when I was in college and I took a sociology course, there was something called the Maslow Hierarchical Needs. Mm -hmm. And um, you go from, um, I guess, basic safety and food uh, and, and then you can acclimate up to uh, higher levels of, of living and concern, a concern for others and, and those type of things. So I really like to say that uh, our community has, is continuing to mature over time. And we have been able, I'm not saying we've won all of the battles of infrastructure because we haven't, but we've been able to address uh, a lot of our serious needs of infrastructure when it came to growth so that we don't have to talk about well, what the heck are we going to do with our streets they're overcrowded and you know i've uh, i can't get from point a to point b honestly i don't hear that from anybody uh in the city might might after this podcast but well now yeah. i just want you to know my personal i just scream in terror every time i have to do the diverge about no I'm just oh kidding. I well actually, but, okay uh, <laughs> i usually giggle because i like to watch people in it and yeah. i like to say the word diverge about honestly that's another but one. i think uh nick what's i I think what's happened is that we've been able to mature as a community and we've been able to uh, uh, address more uh, other issues that actually make us a great community that deal with us uh, on how we treat each other and, and how um, 
we give a place for people to be happy here. So I guess let's let's extrapolate forward a little bit. And without picking and choosing your favorite subjects, is there maybe in the literature or in your conversations with Novak expectations about where we may have matured on to? Because um, we've done a lot of the – I mean, I know the work of the Human Relations Commission is ongoing and mm-hmm. transit is ongoing. And mm-hmm. some of these things are, are there. And we still have infrastructure needs and, mm-hmm. and wants as we go through that. But what, what are we looking at as we go forward? What are those kinds of next issues that we're going to have to have conversations about? Oh, well, now from the, from the staff, and again, this is where, that's why this process is great. If you ask us, as far as staff, what are what is uh, some of the big things that haven't been addressed that are still facing us in the future, one of them would be stormwater. Um, uh, and, and this is true for most municipalities, but... Stormwater has been um, treated as a waste product where basically if you have surface water due to rain, you basically collect it and you um, make sure that you get rid of it as, as quickly as possible. And uh, we don't need to go into a stormwater dialogue, but um, I will just say that's, that's one that we would feel that's important. But the, the beauty of this process is um, without going through the citizen strategic planning process, um, the, the council would be hearing from staff, stormwater, 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 and they would be going, okay, all right. Well, when we get out to the community, stormwater may not be as important as, um, I don't know, maybe safety in parks or um, uh, better street lighting or, uh, you know, uh, maybe something that we don't even realize yet. And so um, that's why this is an opportunity and it's not, I guess I'm going to say that um, we didn't give, and nor did you say this, but we're not giving predetermined outcomes for Novak to, to work towards. And so we're going to kind of follow what comes out of this process, and there may be things that we didn't think about. We're going to follow that. I'll just throw something that didn't go well at the last process. It may or may not come back again, was sustainability. Um, we had... A voice in the last process that said uh, um, sustainability and how the city operates uh, is important and when we started doing some things to measure um, such as our uh, carbon footprint of our operations of our municipal government um, that created a reaction a political reaction that basically said why are you using these words like sustainability and why are you measuring carbon footprint and and you know that whole global warming debate in and at that time our council um, was basically um, telling us even though this is in your plan uh, we're not ready for this yet so uh, I can see some of those things maybe coming back I'm not saying I'm driving sustainability and I want to do a carbon footprint study but I'm also saying that there may be opportunities to re-examine some things that that didn't get uh, fully vetted out at the last time. Well, th- this is going to be a lot of voices coming in. I mean, you're going to have these these different public input areas. Mm-hmm. You're going to talk to a lot of landowners and business owners and stakeholders. You're going to talk to to you know, the council and the mayor will also have a voice. Your, you and your staff will have a voice. How mm-hmm. do you in this kind of a process, and this is probably a better question for Novak, but I'm mm-hmm. asking you anyway because mm-hmm. you're here and the bright light is on your face. How do you balance those things to actually come up with priorities? Well, and that's where um, 
Novak is going to gather all of this information, um, and uh, they they are basically they have done this well, where they will be able to. It's kind of like in life, you have a lot of noise going on at the same time, and sometimes you have to distill what's being said and what's important, what is just um, noise. And I'm not saying everything is, every opinion is important, but you have to distill it into are, what are the trends? What are, what are we hearing that sounds like a common theme among these individuals? And then also, frankly, um, what, is, what is a voice that maybe is louder than other voices, but it's because it's from a particular interest group that's better organized than maybe voices that aren't well organized. So they have to help us balance that. And um, the reason that we hire a consulting firm like Novak is because we really need someone from the outside who um, hasn't uh, been biased by any of our conversations before uh, to give us that clean, clear view of it. And then they have to lead our council and this is really an important part that at the end of the day, our city council and our mayor, um, they're going to look at this information and they are going to, um, going to need to help us in putting together the plan that they, uh, that they can embrace and um, that the city staff, the city manager, knows that if we start moving forward in this direction under the plan and we start assigning these resources, we're in alignment with the mayor and the council. And I tell you, when that happens, uh, it's awesome. I mean, there are some pretty incredible things that we've done in the past, and I think we can do some pretty phenomenal things in the future with this plan. I, I want to touch back on that because I think in the last year, there were, I mean, run up through the election, there was a lot of conversation about allocating resources for from the budget and, and how into wages and compensation and all that. And I'm not going to, I don't want to drag you back down into the, the details of all of that. But that's been that's kind of a, a a rubber meets the road point where we when we talk about everybody wants um, you know our city employees represented unrepresented what have you to be paid mm -hmm. adequately. No, I think there was never a, a disagreement on that. I don't remember any voices getting up there. It was like no, jam them, don't give them any money. But um, but that has at the bottom line that has an impact. That's a budgetary thing that a decision has to be made. And so these decisions that are going to be, and these voices that are gonna mm -hmm. get put into the strategic plan will in the end come down and have those impacts on the ground, mm -hmm. on, on where our money goes, how much money we need to raise, and that sort of thing. Is that, I mean, that, that's, in the end, that's where it really meets. It what is, we're dealing with. and it's almost like having a family conversation. So you go home and, um, you need a new car. Uh, the roof needs to be repaired. Um, you don't like the color of the house. You just uh, like literally described the three biggest issues in my house. Okay. So. <laughs> oh, and pl and plus you want to take a vacation because you're really tired. Yeah. That, and, okay. Four. Okay. And um, all four of those things are not going to fit into uh, your budget. And so you're uh, if you were a, a good spouse, you would talk to your spouse and uh, maybe the kids, and you would have to decide out of all these needs that we have, um, what's the most important thing for us to do and uh, what will give us, back to Matt Maslow, what gives us the most security, right? Security first, and then hopefully you can get to a point where there's a little joy in life. But um, 
that's what we have to do as really as one big family in a community is uh, through this process, we are going to identify a lot of needs or a lot of expectations. The wrong thing to do is to uh, nod our head at every one of those and say, oh, yeah, I bet we can get that done. I bet we can get that done. Oh, your need? Yeah, we'll take care of that, too. That's wrong. That's not good government, and that's not honest dialogue. I think we have to get to a point where we're going to say, out of all these needs, um, here are the highest priorities, and here's the resources it's going to consume. And uh, the things that we're not going to be able to do, we've got a choice. If you want to be part of the political process and get more resources uh, to get that achieved, sign up and let's see if we can get that done. Or you may just have to wait and let's see if we can sequence it. Uh, I like to see this done every 10 years, sequence it and see if maybe towards the latter part, once we get some of these higher priority needs, maybe we can eventually get to that point. You said this is the third time mm-hmm. kind of through for you. You've done this three times now. Have you seen that happen where at the end some of those things that maybe you didn't think you could get to, you get to? Has that? Did, yeah, it, it has. Um, back to the... Um, uh, Lee Summit 360, um, we we started talking about cultural arts. And in the first plan, nobody would dare mention cultural arts. When you had um, crowded streets, uh, people were um, – we had to ask people to um, – uh, on shortage of water, we had to a- ask people to maybe not water their lawns on odd-numbered days. And, I mean, just kind of things that were a great city you wouldn't expect to see – and so when you get to the point where you're addressing those issues, you get to talk about cultural arts, you know, and you get to talk about a museum in your downtown. Um, you get to talk about a streetscape, you know, in the downtown and revitalizing it and the government center and those kind of things. So, um, um, so I think that we are at a point where we are we're able to talk about things that, um, uh, that make us a better community as opposed to uh, just a good basic community. It's it's what makes us different than all the other communities, in, at least in the Kansas City region. All right. So once you um, – a, a lot of this data, uh, when do we anticipate the strategic plan sort of being, uh, well, I guess, approved uh, by, yeah. by the council itself? Well, that's – you know, you guys were talking about, well, what are some of the differences between the previous plan and this one? Well, one is the way that we're going to gather public input. The other one is the uh, speed in which we're going to do this. Uh, um, you mentioned about all the meetings that we had and all the committees that we had in the previous work, and it took us – maybe a year and a half before we could formally present a plan and have the you know council accept it and move on well in today's world we can't do that there's no people's band their their interest level is not going to stay that long we can't sustain it so we're shooting for once we kick off the um information gathering and the encouragement of uh, community participation uh, we are hoping to be in front of the council uh, with a draft of a plan for them to um, give further consideration uh, within a four-month window. And that's what our contract is with Novak, four months to do this. That's pretty impressive. So let's step back into that since we're about to do the kickoff for the information gathering mm-hmm. and community engagement. What are, I mean, so what time frame is that going to be on? And then what are some of the opportunities that we know are kind of, I mean, not necessarily specific dates, but what kinds of things are going to be coming out for people to look for to mm-hmm. be able to engage? So... <clears throat> We, uh, 
we are working on uh, when we can have um, a multiple set of days with our consultant being here in the community. And then uh, we're going to just try to do this massive schedule uh, within uh, like a two-week period. Um, and we're, we're hoping that we could probably kick that off in March is what we're hoping. Uh, just an intense two-week period in March. If we're really on our game, we might even get it done, in, uh, get started in late February. But I do want a little bit of lead time that we can really um, do things like this, get some excitement, and, and make sure that people don't miss out on the opportunity. But I think there will be a very intense two-week period where we're going to have um, these uh, focus groups. We're going to be out um, it uh, city out throughout the city and neighborhood uh, points of interest, maybe um, libraries and schools. City Hall is a fine place, maybe some of the community centers. Uh, I told you about the guerrilla warfare where um, we're actually asking people, um, where do you see informal gathering of opinionated people? Uh, so that we can honestly everywhere I walk, but okay. that's probably there, more. There are there are else. no strong opinions in the t city of Lee Summit. Yeah, <laughs> so we want we want to kind of capture uh, those individuals and their opinions, and then I've already mentioned this bang the table, which in 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 some of the focus groups and some of the informal conversations may help drive some of the topics that we throw onto bang the table that will have a moderator from Novak that will guide and be a facilitator in, the, in that conversation. Will there be, and, and this is just, I like to throw out ideas, but you, you talked about- It's a bad one. You, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'll just be quiet now, Steve. Well, honestly, that's what I tell them almost all the time. So <laughs> don't, don't even bother. But I mean, you know, I don't go to the hy V coffee shop very often. I, I'm not old enough, actually, is, 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 the, is the real reason. I don't qualify for that group. But- you know, if I knew you were going to be there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I might go. Yeah. Will, will any of those? Will there be those kind of things that are random? Yeah. Hey, we're going to be here. Come talk yes. to us. And I think that will be the so-called focus groups where we will say, um, we will be at this library at this time, and I want it to be during the day. I want it to be in the evening. Uh, I'd like to have some weekends. Uh, so, Nick, what we do want to do is pre-publish opportunities for people to have dialogue with us uh, in very informal settings, but then we'll also just kind of swoop down and capture people and ask them what they think too. I like, I like the visual there of swoop down and capture. Swoop yeah. down and capture people. All I'm right. going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out one request for all of this. I have a tiny, tiny little bit of experience in this, Stephen, mm -hmm. in, in my, my previous partial career. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did a little bit of this stuff. And, and one of the hardest things to do that I, I really hope you guys work on is in addition to catching all of these ideas of where can we be better mm -hmm. is to collect some, where are we good? Where are oh, we great? Wow. And I hope you hear some of that because I think, I too. you know, it's very easy for us to all say, here are the places we can do better. Here are the things I wish we had. But I think we all agree that we're here for a reason and it's a good city. All right, Steve, I have one more question because earlier you mentioned that you've been in you've been in this uh, city in this community for for now eighteen years or nearly mm -hmm. eighteen years, so you came here in two thousand one. How many people were in Lee Summit approximately in two thousand one? I'd say um, low sixties, probably sixty two or sixty three. So now we have grown by fifty percent mm. in population or more. Your math is not quite right. Well, if you're so in the sixties and we're last we're I saw was ninety seven. Oh, we are at hundred now. Close to hundred. Okay, so I, the last number I saw was ninety seven, but that may have been. 
2017's number. About 100% of 60 would be 120,000. No, I, I said we'd grown by 50%. I like it when math nerds argue. All right, well. Oh, 50% of the 60. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll go there with All you. Right. Yeah. There we go. So we've grown okay. by a lot. I guess right. a lot. You, so you have, and that, that, that growth takes us from a certain kind of city to another kind of city. I mean, in a mm. municipality to a different kind of municipality, just in terms of just the scope of what's offered and, and the type of government that we deal mm -hmm. with and all mm -hmm. those sorts of things. Um, what are some of the key changes? And this, you can brag on yourself here because you've been <laughs> here to help shepherds a lot of this as we've gone through. Um, what, are, what are some of the key differences now to, or from then to now that you, you've mm -hmm. seen okay. um, sort of brag on the city and yourself? Yeah, about? well, I tell people, and, and I am very happy to be here and very proud to be the city manager, but uh, right off the bat, I will tell you that my success um, has been because I picked a great city to work at. So um, sometimes you just get a great wave. I'm not a surfer, but sometimes surfers just get a great wave, and if they can ride it, it's it's a great ride. And other surfers don't get that wave. And they're just as good as surfers, but they just didn't get that wave. So I've been fortunate that I um, – that we've got a great city. Now, the things that have been different uh, that have happened, I'll just say our level of sophistication on things like traffic management. When in 2001, um, we had a part-time engineer that was a traffic engineer, and we had very few of any uh, traffic signals. Now we have a full traffic division, and we have um, a, a traffic engineers, and um, we have things that I know annoy people, but we have things like access management policies so that when a business comes in, there are certain places where they can uh, enter on the road and certain places where they cannot enter on the road. I, as on the planning commission, I've never heard anyone oh, complain yes. about that ever, ever. Well, <laughs> I, I won't mention any cities, but you could go to other cities to the east of us and absolutely dread driving through their community and I asked myself one time why do I hate driving through this community and it's because cars just come at you from all different points and you're just like I'm really confused another quick uh, example is um, and this is a brag for our our organization is that we have accredited uh, uh, four operating nationally or internationally accredited four operating departments we're one of ten communities in the United States where we have our public works department, our police department, our fire department, and our parks department are all what would I would consider in the top three to four percent of uh, professionally managed organizations in the United States and internationally, and that's huge. I would say that is well worth bragging about. Now, the other thing I like to brag about is that we're also one of the few cities that has walkable streets and, and the bicycle-friendly uh, designation, uh, especially for a vehicle-oriented suburban community uh, for us to be able to hit that mark. And I give a lot of kudos to our Parks Department and their uh, Greenway Master Plan and looking ahead. And then finally, uh, something that's really cool, and we're getting the award uh, tomorrow morning by Mid-America Regional Council, we are one of the very first cities to get the uh, Community of All Ages Award, which means that we have policies in place and we are thinking about, um, obviously by the title, uh, people of all ages, um, and especially the elder community, the, uh, well, I won't tell you the age, but those who are older um, that um, have more and more challenges and mobility and those type of things. And the, I think the neat thing is the better that we can serve our older community, the better the community is for everyone as a whole, including like moms with strollers and all kinds of stuff. So there you go, um, accreditation, 
um, better infrastructure planning, and uh, we're getting we're award winning when it comes to um, uh, our walkability, bikeability, and community of all ages. Well, Steve, I appreciate you coming out here and talking to us a little bit, clarifying kind of what the process was, and teasing when people and how people can get involved. I, I, I do want to center in on one more thing. When can can people mm-hmm. maybe first get involved? When it, when when do we think this might start? That I, part of it. I think it'll it'll start with that intense like two week period uh, that um, will. And this was the part that I really wished that I. When I was coming over here to talk to you guys, I was like, oh, God, I really wish that we had got these dates set that we could, we could focus. But um, we're going to do a lot of, um, I think it'll be probably like in the first couple of weeks of March. Could be maybe the last week of February. What we will do is we're going to promote the heck out of that, and we're going to need your help um, to do that as well. Um, and what we're doing right now is we're trying to um, schedule places and locations and with the consultants and making sure we have their time and then also um, we want the council to be involved so we're also working with their schedules to make sure that they can make the commitment during that two-week period as well awesome steve well we look forward to it we and i, I think you can count us in on the uh, megaphone to help push those dates as soon as they are available do that so steve thank you for taking time to talk to us today oh it's been a pleasure to be here just uh let's not make it two years next time i promise i will be more reasonable in my requests okay (laughs) ryan i am on week two of the shred meal plan i gotta tell you there was a day in week one a little bit hard a little bit hard Week two, I'm flying. It's not that bad. Yep. How are you feeling? A little better. Yeah. A little better. Well, you know, the broken arm. Yeah. Eh, kind of, that, that, wasn't it, that wasn't the great start. That was not in the plan. No. You didn't tell me that was coming. No. <laughs> no, I didn't know you were going to fall. We're going to work on that coordination a little bit, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Look, look, Shred KC sounds awesome. I'm not sure if you can fix genetics. Uh, no. no. Oh, well, we can try. <laughs> we, we can try, try to outsmart them. Yep. Well, look. You put me on this this crazy kind of shock the system plan. Talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that and tell us why you're doing that the first four weeks. Why is that important? So the first four weeks, I put you on a lower carb diet. It's not a true keto, so it's just a really low carb diet uh, and lower calorie. So I'm going to shock your system. Lots of veggies that I'm sure you're not used to. Pulling out a lot of the carbs. The high- look, my <laughs> problem is not the lack of lots of anything. Mm, yeah. It's 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 cutting everything. That's down. right. Yep. I cut the carbs. I cut the booze. I up the protein. I up the fats for you. So we're gonna do that for four weeks. Get some quick weight off, and then we're gonna add some back and some carbs. When do tacos get into the shred meal plan? Um, your cheat meal. Yeah, I but you don't you don't you haven't earned one. I haven't earned yet. that yet. Yeah, no, <laughs> I haven't earned that yet. Nope. <laughs> Not yet. Tell us a little about about how these meal plans work, and so. You, you're going to have this shock, kind of shock diet mm-hmm. there the first four weeks. But then what kind of balance are you looking for with clients after that? So everybody, when I tell everybody this, when they come in with a meal plan, I'm going to cut you pretty hard at first, get some weight off of you, and then I'll add back in calories. And in all reality, as you lose weight and as we speed up your metabolism, I should be feeding you more while you're continuing to lose weight. And you should be hungry as I'm feeding you more. 
That's what we really want. But you have to follow the plan, and we have to add back in calories slow. Um, I mean, as long as you're following the plan, then you can relate with me, and you can tell me this is how you're feeling, this is what the scale's doing. But, you know, if you're not following the plan, then I don't know if you're, you're doing it right or if you're sneaking whiskey or <laughs> whatever you might be doing. I, I, I'm not sneaking the booze. I will, I will say this. I have one good bottle of, of something. Mm-hmm. I, I left that out. Yep. It's like my target. That's right. I get through a little snifter. Yep. And you're practicing willpower not I'm, to go drink I'm, that whiskey. I'm practicing willpower. What's next to go along with eating healthy? Well, once we get your arm fixed, we got to add in some, some, some exercise. So get your wife working out, get you on the treadmill with your broken arm. But I can then, get on the treadmill. I don't need my arm for that. I know. I? I know. I know we need to get you on the treadmill right. while she's working out. All right. Well, there That's we go. That's the next phase. All right. I'm on week two. You're going to keep me honest. We're going to keep doing this every week so everybody's going to know 100%. how good or bad I do. That's right. Ryan, Shred KC, where do they go? ShredKC.com.